This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. I want to speak on the subject called Fired Up, Fired Up and bring the fire of the Holy Spirit. I feel that uh, we've been through the cross But now as we lead towards the journey of Christ after the resurrection, spending some time and then uh, going up, being uh, taken up uh, after resurrection morning through ascension, he said, wait, and 10 days later, the Holy Spirit came. So I'm going to take you on a journey from the cross to Pentecost. And uh, whenever we speak about the Holy Spirit, metaphorically, it's refers to as the fire. So you speak about the Spirit of God and you talk, it, talk about it as the fire. In the New Testament, whenever you see fire, it will be referred to the Spirit of God. All right? So that's the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'm going to talk about in the main. I want to depart from the core of your body and teach on that and then we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Arrest your mind. Don't let it wander. If you're on a, on a cell phone, don't take messages. It's a vital, it's, it's good that you would just stay connected for the next 30 minutes. And then I prov- promise to send you to McDonald's before it uh, opens. You'll be in that queue. So you would have stood in two queues and beat all the lines. All right? Good. Now, the core of your body, all of you have a body, but the center part of your body, which is the core of your body, is made up of what we commonly call the six-pack. But by the time you reach 50, it becomes 12 packs. Uh, but the six-pack is that muscular part of your body, that, that, that part that uh, is made up of deep muscles, and that, those muscles help to support your pelvis, helps to support your spine, your butt, your back, and uh, all of your stomach. This is the foundational layer of your muscles that keep your posture strong. So if you have a good six-pack or that muscular play, when, when the muscles start to become fat, it starts to, you start to droop, okay, and, and you drop your back. So the, the six-pack or those that muscular part uh, keeps you strong, keeps you tall, allowing you to twist, to bend, to jump. And just to move, that's called, ladies and gentlemen, your core, your core. Will you say that with me? Your core. Uh, that's the core of your, of your body, that center part that keeps you up connected with your bottom, right? Um, now, sometimes you may have a lower back problem. And you go to the doctor. The doctor doesn't treat your lower back problem. He treats the core Because uh, you can often fix your lower back problems by strengthening your upper core area. If you're a medical practitioner, just even if you don't understand it, just shake your head to say, yes, I do. Okay, act clever now. All the nurses out here, there's all the nurses and the doctors, all right? Sometimes you can feel pain in one area. One area. You can feel the pain in one area because you are weak in another area. And sometimes the doctor will treat your core to treat your back. Understand? Sometimes, like in COVID, you can be physically unwell, 
but still fight the battle of COVID in your mind. And you can win over COVID if you win the battle in your mind. I've talked, talked to some medical people and they say no matter how sick you were, those people that fought it in their mind, they got up and went and uh, despite how sick they were feeling, still sat in the sun, still did some exercise. So they were sick in their body, but well in their mind. You know what they did? They quarantined their mind from their body. They separated you. Practically set, literally separated their mind from their body. Many people you feel, you see them when they are sick. And if they're resilient in their mind, I think the world calls it mind over matter. If you place more emphasis on what you're going through, you become so weakened by that situation of what you're going through, you will never go to something if you don't have a strong mind so you can quarantine your mind from your body if you can strengthen what's been weakened you can fix what's been broken I say that again some people are broken in one area uh, therefore every area becomes weakened but if you can strengthen the core you can fix what is broken say amen if you believe that uh, now, what is core to your body? Your spiritual man is core to your life. Let me say that again. As you have a core to your body, you also have a core to your life. In life, if you can be strong spiritually, you cannot be easily broken. Situations, conditions, struggles, Storms can come to your life just as you have a strong mental resilience. You can also have a strong spiritual composure. And that's what I'm going to try to build today is your spirit man, your spiritual man. Every one of us, you have a spirit man that lives in a body which has a soul. You're a three-story building. The first part of you is your spiritual man. Every one of you have a spirit. That spirit lives in a body and it has a soul. The soul is the emotional part. Uh, when, when your body, I, I taught this, but let's just teach again for the points of uh, clarity. Your, your body is connected to your soul and it sends messages through the post office of your emotion. So, uh, if your body is feeling pain, it speaks to your soul and your soul transmits it into your spirit man. Alright, that's a story for another day. But every one of you, you have a spiritual man. And many of us overlook the spiritual man and focus more on the bodily man. Alright, so what your core, what the core is to your body, your spiritual life, your, is to, or your spirit man is to your life. The devil wants to attack your spiritual man. You must understand that. The enemy wants to attack your spiritual man. Is against your spirit. As a case study, I use Samson. Samson is a Nazarite. When you say Nazarite, is not a Nazarene. Jesus was from a place of Nazareth. They called him the Nazarene. But he was not a Nazareth or a Nazarite. A Nazarite is a, a, 
a religious dedication. We find it in Numbers chapter 6, where you dedicate your life to God. When you make that consecration of your life, you'll do three things. You will not shave your hair. No razor will come to your head. You will not touch a dead body or come into the presence of dead things. And you will not touch a vineyard or drink its wine. So you will, not be, you will not drink wine, you will not put a razor to your head, and you will not touch a dead thing. You're a Nazarite. Samson was a Nazarite. His power lie in his hair. All right? Now, he was overcoming and fighting the Philistines. The Philistine to us is a representation of the devil fighting you. Whenever you see a Philistine in the Old Testament, it's like the Philistines are coming to attack you. The devil attacks you. What was the Philistines attacking Samson for? For his strength. For his strength. And so if they were after his strength because he was uh, uh, defeating them at every battle. And the Philistines were, were big in, in, in stature. They were giants. They couldn't understand where his power lies. They enlisted the support of a woman called Delilah. They knew that wine won't work, but the woman would. And so uh, they enlisted Delilah's support to find out where his strength was. I rise to tell you today that the enemy wants to weaken your strength. And in our case, the enemy is always after your spiritual man. As it was done in Job, the, the main assignment of attack was not Job's money, was not Job's family. Although the, the attack commenced on his wealth. It commenced on his family. The devil knows if he can attack your wealth, he can attack you. The devil knows if he can weaken what you have, he can weaken you. But what is most important, the devil wanted his soul. To get to his soul, he had to get through his body. You say, where are you going with this pastor? I want to rise to tell you today that many people... Uh, have misplaced priorities. You have misplaced priorities. But I rise to tell you today, if you can build a prosperous soul, you can have prosperity. Many people focus on prosperity first and they weaken themselves with a weak soul. And that's why when a storm comes, and they start to lose everything, they start to give up. Now, Matthew says it like this, a wise man built his house on a rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but the house did not fall because it had been founded on a strong foundation, because it was built on a rock. If your spiritual man is strong and you build on that, when a storm comes, your resources go, but you don't go. When you're going through challenges, when the winds come and the, and the, and the rain washes every, everything away, if you have a strong spirit, you can easily regain what you lost. I say it like this. Many people want to focus on the walls, but they don't focus on the foundation. When we say walls, I think you have misplaced your priorities. 
You have placed more emphasis on the walls and ignored the foundation principle. We have invested ourselves in optics, on what people see. And we have forgotten about the soul realm on what really is keeping you strong. And so we have become optically impressive, yet functionally fragile. <clears throat> now, without judging you, I see your house. Without judging you, I see your cars. I see your clothes. But I ask you today, how is your spiritual core? That's where I'm trying to build this church too. Uh, we are going to be a stronger church with our cause being strengthened. Your spiritual man having emphasis. So it's a good place to shout amen. I'm learning a little bit about buildings nowadays. You see, if you put polyfiller on a, on a cracked wall, after six months, the wall, the crack appears again. What you need to do is dig on that foundation or under it and underpin the foundation. Somebody say underpin it. And the same with our lives today. If we are going through something and it's constantly coming to you, you're constantly engaging the same battle. It could be the crack on the wall that needs some underpinning on the vibrant core. Your core man needs underpinning. The foundation needs repair, not the walls. It's a good place to say amen. When you have an healthy, vibrant, or vibrant core, you get fixed. And when you get fixed in that area, it helps you repair what's broken. Sometimes we come out of a situation only to realize that we are broken because you have repaired the wall but not underpinned the foundation. I always use this example. You know, there's a man that I know. He stood with his wife through cancer for 12 years. He did whatever it took. Stood with her. Stayed faithful to her. They medicated her. All of the finances were exhausted. But he stood with her until she got healed. The month she went into total healing. They call it remission. And there was no more cancer. The man had an affair with another woman. When you ask him through counseling, why did you do it? He says, I gave all of myself inside of that situation. I feel like I have nothing more to give and I just want to be poured into. So uh, he had this affair with the new auntie. Because he's poured all. I rise to tell you that sometimes you can go through a situation and come out of that situation, but find only that you left your health back inside where you were. So although the situation is over, you got so sick, your, your hormonal levels changed, you picked up diabetes whilst inside of that situation, you picked up a high blood pressure inside of the situation, the situation no longer exists, but you left a part of you inside of it. What you need today is for God to restore you inside out. And that restoration can only come if you allow God to fix your spiritual man and not heal your physical man. Because already you know you've already picked up that. But a merry heart 
is better than medicine. And so you need a good spiritual fixing. When you get healthier, you get clearer. You should shout amen. So you need to allow God to, to fix your mind, to fix your peace, to renew your joy, to renew your strength, also to give you back your sanity. Are you with me? Now, pastor, how do I fix my spiritual man? Well, you need to find God. Because iron sharpens iron. You can't use uh, natural things to fix supernatural things. As I prayed today, I want to just say this to you as well. Some of you are fighting supernatural battles with natural weapons. You are going through supernatural battles. You need supernatural to help you. Um, I'm not sure who I'm talking to today, but some people get sick. And the result after sick is tired. So you say, I am sick and tired. And that's true. It's just not a saying. Because after your sickness comes tiredness. But can I show you the spiritual degradation, the spiritual decline of one more level after sick and tired? If you, if you shout long enough, I'll give it to you. Can I show you what comes after sick and tired and what's the spiritual connotation of sick and tired? Can, let me, I hear this side. Can I, can I show you what comes after sick and tired and when you understand? Good. Weariness. When you become weary. When you're spiritual man, sick and tired is for your body. Weary is for your spirit. And when you've become wearied, you feel like giving up the ghost. I'm not sure who's like that. Sick and tired, you can withstand. But weary is very difficult. And you know what you need? A strong spiritual core. You need a strong spiritual man. You know who can do it for you? Not your bank manager. Not your accountant. Not anybody else. But God. Because iron sharpens iron. Are you with me? Now, many of you, you have God. I don't doubt that you, have, you don't have God. When you, have, when you found God, when you found Jesus Christ, if you found Jesus Christ, in the faith, you have accepted Jesus Christ, you walked through the waters of baptism, that means your faith is strong in God. You, you believe in Christ. I applaud you for that. That's great. Takes me back to when I first found my girlfriend. A girlfriend. I was sitting in the class towards the end of a grade. I won't give you so much of the grade because some of you get ideas still in school. Finish your degrees now. I was just sitting there. It was the end of the, of the year and they were doing, you know, I don't know whether they still do it in schools, but at that time they were having these concerts. Last, last days you have this concert. And this girl was taking part in this concert. She walked in, I can still remember bright yellow dress. Fair, beautiful. For the first time my eye opened up 
You can be in the whole world and suddenly if God has somebody for you, your eye will open up. Once you find it, God will blind you to the rest. And like in the Hindi movies, you know, you could, I could just still hear, yeah. Kumpasatahe. And my eye opened up and I looked at this girl and for the first time I said, wow, maybe it was just, just a change from uniforms. Some of you need to change your old drab things, have a bath, put on some perfume. If you're not finding anybody, change your clothes. That's what uh, was it, uh, Esther said to uh, Ruth, Ruth's, Naomi said to, to Ruth. You know what she said? If um, uh, Let's just digress a little. If you can't find a man and you're looking for your Boaz, Ruth said to Naomi, or Naomi said to Ruth, sorry. She said, take a bath. Wash your face. Some of you need to brush your teeth. <laughs> brush your teeth. She was saying, wash away your yesterday. And enter into your today. When you wash your face in the morning, you are washing away all of yesterday. You are washing away all of last night. And you are entering into a new dimension of today. So she said, wash your face. Better still, she said, take a bath. Go read your Bible. Then she said, put on some perfume. Some of you are so religious, you don't want to smell good. You still smell musty. Like your clothes just still never went into the washing machine or the, or, the, or the tumble dryer, that musty smell. Dry your clothes in the sun. <laughs> and she said, go and find yourself. Go and lay yourself. Some of you are sitting at home and you're expecting to find a bohaz. How will you be discovered if all you do is stay in quarantine? And this lockdown, COVID, is, is bad. You've got to put yourself, you've got to come to church. <laughs> now, why am I? So, I found, I found this girl, but that was the day of discovery. That was the day of discovery. Like discovery, discovery life. But you've got to go to Old Mutual. You gotta stay, you gotta pursue this. And 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 pers the, the I'm trying to show you that when you get into the faith, that's the entry point. But you got to fall in love. You got to develop the love relationship with God. You can't find God on the day and then just forget about him. You got to develop a relationship with God. You got to talk to God. Uh, my relationship, I never stop. The, the phones those days, phone, you make five cent pieces and you find call boxes. I knew like a GPS, I knew you could ask me wherever there was a, a call box. Uh, I, I would find the call box. So we had five cent pieces. You know what? Developing relationships. Are you developing the relationship? And so the next baptism from water is fire. Uh, the, the, the writer says, John baptized you in water, but I will baptize you in fire. And ladies and gentlemen, this church needs to have a fire relationship. You need to be fired up. 
You need to have the fire of God and, and, and fall in love with God. You must have enough five cent pieces to make prayer calls. So just because you are in the faith doesn't mean you are in the fire. Let me say that again. Just because you have found God doesn't mean you are fired up for God. In a love relationship, you wake up thinking about the person. You wake up thinking about God. In a love relationship, when you're fired up with God, you start to have a fire relationship with God. Now, in COVID, we've learned that some of you thought you were on fire just because you were around fire. But you were not on fire. When you come to a church, church was on fire. But you thought you were on fire because you were surrounded by so much of heat. When you come into the church, you feel, you feel an atmosphere. It's not necessarily you on fire. Some of you have become so codependent on your neighbor's fire. But you're not on fire. Take a, a coal of fire out of a brave coal and see if you can continue when you come out of that fire and you're not in the fire. The fire of coal can die. And you can take your brine meat. Some of you have tried to you brine for the whole year and you have not even brought it to rare. Let alone medium to well done. And you can't understand why am I not on my, my meat is still so so it's still got blood on it. Because you are brine on fire that has come out. But when you take the fire, coals of fire and put it back, it catches on fire. I'm talking about fire. Somebody shout fire. Now, there are three things that will ignite fire. And then I'm done. Three things that will ignite uh, this fire. Number one, fire. You need fire. You need fire. Somebody say fire. How do you get fire? How do you get fire in your life? Well, the first thing to do to enter, uh, to get fire, to be lit up is to worship God. To worship somebody say worship God that's why they started to play songs and try to to get the fire going and to to start to worship God ladies and gentlemen listen to me lean in this morning sit up I know you if you fell asleep somebody just you can't give God your money because God gave you the money you can't give God your 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 car God doesn't, he doesn't drive cars. He's, he can just move. There's nothing that you can give to God except your worship. That's the only thing that God wants from you is your worship. Your worship. And you can, that's, that's, he says, I desire you to worship. As a matter of fact, when he made us, he didn't make you to do work. He made you to do worship. That S and the K is a big difference. Work, worship, worship, worship. He made your hands swivel not to do work. He made your hands to be lifted up to Him. He placed breath in you so that you can use the breath to worship Him. He said, if you don't worship me, if you don't praise me, I'll raise the stones to praise me. Not that he's a God that's suffering with low self-esteem, but he just wants mankind to worship him. And I tell you what, the devil knows what pleases the heart of God. He'll do anything 
and everything to extract worship from you that reaches God. The time you find, I use it as an example, young, young man, stand up again. You're doing so well. See this young man? His heart is for worship. He joined our praise team. I feel him. I feel him. I feel that, that he's... Uh, now, the devil also feels him and knows that he's on his way to becoming a good worshiper, if not a worship leader, if not, not only worshiping himself, but leading others into worship. You know what the devil's going to do with him? Mark my words. He'll bring an interesting young person, a girl, and put that girl in front of him and distract him from giving worth. So he's going to take his money and he's going to make five cent coins. And totally distracted, he's going to start to be distracted from worship. Thank you, sir. Now, that's just him. But the devil's done that with you as well. On your way to worship, he's blessed you, he's allowed you to be blessed with things, with jobs, with assignments, with people. And you've been distracted from your worship. And you, some of you, oh pastor, I can't come because I'm working. But you should be worshiping. But you are so busy working. And I tell you what, I said this earlier and I'll say it again. The things that draws people closer to God and I wish that it'll never be uh, in your life is adversity. When people go through adversity, they run to God. When people go through trouble, they run to God. Yet when they are blessed, now this is what I've learned in my, in my Lord bless me, but I'll still worship you. Uh, bless me in the midst of it. I don't want to be drawn to you through adversity. Bless me, bless me. Bless me and I'll still worship you. And so that's why I've learned how to keep the balance. In the midst of blessing, I still keep worshiping God. You should do the same. Don't let the enemy weaken you by replacing your worship with any idolatrous thing. Anything that you put in between you and God becomes idolatry. And so you need fire. Somebody say fire. Say fire. You know how you get fire? By prayer. The Lord's prayer, and I, I know some churches have taken that and made it the, the prayer that you pray. We don't have to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. It's not, that's not an example of what to pray. It's an example of how to pray. So you don't pray that prayer, but you use that. So in, as an example, we find out what did it start with? It starts with worship. Ends with Worship. So you should start with worship, end with worship. It's your connection point. Prayer and worship lights the fire. And that is why I adjured and admonished those people that walked in late. And I, I, I'm not insensitive that, that you could have problems. Children give you problems. I know about all of that. But you can still arise. If you catch in an aeroplane, you set your alarm to three in the morning to be there at five you can set your alarm to be in the presence of God God is not optional you don't make God optional you walk in and, and, and it's insensitive of you to come in during this COVID time and when we have reserved seats when, when he's experiencing God in worship for you to say oh excuse me excuse me excuse me 
you arrogantly you're an idiot it's rough but that shouldn't be that you can't excuse other people's worship you know why they light in their fire you come here you make yourself available long before you do it for everything else but for church because church is a passive place it shouldn't be that you walk in early you get your place and you get ready to be lit by fire Amen. thank you so prayer stares fire here's a question that I want to ask you do you go through more than you pray through do you go through more than you pray through when you do pray you get more breakthrough than you go through hallelujah number two friction friction causes fire Nisha watches the, the survivor and we find that when they light in fires they rub two stones together and you get friction friction Psalm 119 verse 71 it is good that I was afflicted that I may learn your statutes let me say this trouble opens your blind side up affliction opens the doors that you would otherwise have overlooked David said it was good that I was afflicted friction sets you on fire some of you are going through hard times but it's drawing you closer to God affliction is good 2 Corinthians 4 17 for our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory so I like this it says your affliction is for a I can't hear you I can't hear you for a moment your affliction is for a moment momentary afflictions you can stand three things are needed number one is fire number two is friction number three is fuel you know what you're doing now you are fueling your fire fueling your fire be careful who pours onto you because some people pour fuel and you burn and some people pour water and you are quenched be careful who you listen to you don't have to listen to everybody because not everybody is carrying what you should be fueled by am I talking to somebody and so you are coming here and you are being fueled you need the Holy Spirit which is fire burning on you and you need fuel you need a word that is going to encourage you you don't need discouragement you need encouragement that's the fuel the petrol and sometimes hurting people hurt you hurting people hurt you but you need fuel that's going to be poured onto you so because you get better spiritually you also get better optimally now intimacy if you're going to grow with God intimacy requires intentionality you got to be intentional about your spiritual life I mean while I'm rolling let, let's just roll your spiritual man as you feed your body you have to feed your spiritual man 
It's, it's your responsibility. You've got to be intentional about your intimacy with God. How far do you want to go with God? You've got to de determine that and feed your, your, yourself. Uh, some people, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm learning this. Somebody said, each to his own. Each to his own. Each one must take care of their own spiritual life. How far do you want to go with God? How far do you make the sacrifices to go with God? Intimacy requires intentionality. I'm trying to, to say that we shouldn't be thinking about God only on a Sunday morning. You should be thinking of God Monday to Saturday. You've got intimacy requires intentionality. Did you get some? You, you, you've gone very quiet. Sure. Okay, let's summarize. Number one, you are weakened because you are not strengthened at your core. I'm not sure where you're in life, but if you're going through some stuff, you need to be strengthened by your, in your spiritual man to be able to, to arise. If you can strengthen what has been weakened, you can fix what, was, what has been broken. Like Samson, every day, remember that the enemy targets your strengths. A strong core needs the Holy Spirit. Fire is lit in God's presence. Our entry is through worship. I, I, I can't tell you more than that. You, your entry is through worship. And that's why I'm stressing that you, you, you got to be a worshiper. Fire is lit by fric friction, but it is kept by fuel.